Blog Talk Radio. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What in the world is going on in the tutoring industry? Do you wonder how to expand your tutoring business? Are you ready to take your tutoring business online? Are you looking to become a better tutor? Get ready for the Tutor Outreach Radio Show, hosted by Dr. Alicia Alice Holland. This globally syndicated radio show is empowering you to move forward with your tutoring goals to manifest your dreams of building a successful tutoring practice. Coming to you live on Blog Talk Radio, this hit show is tailor-made to help tutors and tutor business owners worldwide. Dr. Elise brings her knowledge, experience, and sense of humor to each show while introducing you to guests from all over the world who are experts in the fields of tutoring, coaching, education, and leadership. Call in with your questions or share some of your own experiences in academia. The Tutor Outreach Radio Show starts now. Here is your host, Dr. Elise. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Tutor Outreach Radio Show. My name is Dr. Elisa Holland, but people around the world calls me Dr. Elise. Through the Tutor Outreach Group, which can be found at www.thetutoroutreach.com, I help tutors and tutor business owners build heart-centered global learning organizations to serve humanity whether it is in the local community, face-to-face, or online in the field of education. As America's number one tutor business training company, the Tutor Outreach Group is a professional organization for tutors, teachers, college students, and other small business professionals who want to start either a home-based tutoring business or a tutoring company, get clients to grow their tutoring business, improve their tutoring repertoire, gain insight into leading and hiring for a global learning organization, strategically grow their tutoring business based upon their own life purpose. The Tutor Outreach Group provides premium resources and networking opportunities throughout the year. And, of course, I am available for group coaching through one of my tutoring mastermind groups in the USA or Canada. Stay with us for the next hour and let us help you experience what is going on in the tutoring industry and just overall pearls of wisdom and intuitive insight as it relates to you on your tutoring journey. I want to share with you guys that we have three upcoming tutoring conferences for 2019. The first conference will be held in Fort Lauderdale, Florida in the month of April April 5th and 6th. The second conference will be in San Diego, California, held in the month of July, and those specific dates are July 19th and 20th of 2019. And then lastly, we have our international tutoring conference in Phoenix, Arizona, in the month of November, specifically November the 8th and 9th of 2019. If you are interested in attending any of these conferences, then definitely go to our website or you can go to our partner's website, Eventbrite, and look for those conferences and register. Each fourth Tuesday of every month, we have our regular show with special guests from around the world, or I present tutoring strategies, tips, pearls of wisdom, and intuitive insights to help you on your tutoring journey at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio. If you've been following my life's work, then you know that I have boatloads of experiences in the education industry and still serve to help humanity. It is my passion to empower others 
and help them take control of their learning and their lives. I see my role as a merchant of hope to others as they travel on their own academic and life's journey. As the Spirit guides me, you may also notice some special or bonus shows on our upcoming schedule, so stay tuned. Whether you're a regular listener, long-time listener, or you just found out about the Tutor Outreach Radio Show, we are so glad that you are here with us. I'm very excited to take some of your calls for free tutoring advice or just to answer your life or academic question. You can call into the show on 646-668-2562, send us a private message in our chat room, give us your name and the area code you will be calling from and what you will want to speak about so that we can make sure we address any of your questions. Stay on the call with us because we do have a special guest with us today. Our guest is a highly regarded educator, speaker, author, and doctor with his MD from Harvard Medical School, a master's public health from the University of Connecticut, a master's science, regulatory science from San Diego State University, and general surgery from Johns Hopkins University, and a former cancer surgeon at the National Cancer Institute, the National Institutes of Health. He considers himself a lifelong student who has mastered the science of learning. He is committed to teaching students and adults how to improve their study habits, grades, and learning abilities with his specialized techniques based on his scientific basis for improved learning. As a student speaker, presenter, and educator, he has presented his program and workshops at schools of all levels from elementary through college, as well as for corporate audiences nationwide. He is the author of Cracking the Student Code, 101 Tips and Techniques to Raise Your Grades and Test Scores. So now, let's welcome Ken Kern to the Tutor Outreach Radio Show. Hello. Hello. Hello, Dr. Ken. How are you? Hi, Dr. Reese. Thank you for that kind introduction, and uh, I love the applause there. Very nice. Very appreciate that. Appreciate that very much. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. How's the weather? Beautiful, as usual, in San Diego. So uh, it's a (laughs) lovely day, as always. Okay. Okay. Well, it's bright and sunny here in Phoenix. So thanks so much for sharing. <laughs> yeah, I loved your introduction. So are- I didn't realize I didn't realize that uh, Tudor Outreach, what a great organization it is, with a, with a terrific mission. So uh, you're definitely to be congratulated on on your work. Fantastic uh, things you're doing oh. for students. Thank you so much. So we always ask our guests. You know, you're you're very unique because you're coming from the medical field and you're, you know, you're in the education and coaching and test prep space. We want to know how did you get into helping others with study habits and test prep? Well, I, um, I think I came to a point in my life where I thought I should um, really put down in writing the methods I use to actually increase my own grade point average. You see, when I was, First starting out um, in college, I was playing football for a very brief time. I had a very low grade point average, a C average. They would never let us study. They discouraged us from doing anything academic, and I always wanted to be a doctor my whole life. My dad was a doctor. He was my role model. And I guess fortunately or unfortunately, I had some serious uh, knee injuries, and I had to stop playing football very early on and found myself in a situation at the University of California, Berkeley, with a low grade point average, a C, and the desire to be a doctor, which took, you know, it takes an A average, uh, as close as you can get to it. And I had an epiphany mm-hmm. at that point, this is many years ago, that I had to buckle down and start using every possible method I could to raise my grades. And I was able to do it and get my grade point average almost uh, basically straight A's in biochemistry and get me in that got me into medical school and that started me down my life path of being a surgeon and then cancer training 
And and now I'm at a later stage in life uh, where I can look back and say, you know what, I've got to help. I've got to put something down in writing to help kids who are having um, trouble studying and want to improve their grades. And that's where this cracking the study code came from. It's the first illustrated book on uh, 101 t- uh, techniques and how to improve your grades, how to study better. It's all illustrated because I believe that uh, kids that have some trouble reading or trouble studying, they're better visual learners. They could learn and be inspired by the illustrations in it. So that's that's how it came to be. And um, I'm hoping it will help kids at every level, you know, uh, all the way maybe a middle school in the very beginning of middle school on up find something, if they find one thing in this book that can help them, it could make the difference between uh, a lower and a higher grade score. And it's good for adults, too, uh, for, for people at all ages. <clears throat> okay. So this is a great topic. Everybody can definitely learn how to improve whatever they're reading, whatever they're studying. So you believe study habits can be taught and learned? Yeah, I think this is the biggest uh, – the biggest misunderstanding people have is that somehow everybody will accept that, let's say, uh, gymnastics can be learned, how to play baseball can be learned, how to play football can be learned. And for some reason, people think that how to study can't be learned, which is a complete fallacy. In other words, learning how to study is the same thing as learning how to, as far as I'm concerned, ride a bike, learn how to fish, learn, learn any skill. Studying is a skill. And it's based on methods. And if you know the methods of how to study, then you can study better. If you don't know the methods, you, you, you simply cannot become a good student. Now, we all, know, we all know that there are people who we believe are natural, quote, unquote, students. But that's not really true. If you actually look at what these kids do that are getting straight A's, they are studying extremely hard. Yes. There's the occasional person who claims they don't study and they get A's, but they even they study. So the the whole approach that I'm trying to present is that studying can be learned, that there's a method to doing it, that you have to accept that there's a method to learn. And the first thing every student needs to accept, which is difficult to do, is you must put in the work to reap the reward. That's a famous athletic saying, but it goes equally well to studying. You must put in the work. And anytime you see these uh, kind of promotions for uh, better grades, less effort, you know, get A's, don't put any time in studying, these are, these are nonsense. In order to improve grades, you must put in the work and you must follow certain techniques, and all of this can be learned. Uh, and it's very important that we do this, that our students do this, because People from around the globe, students from around the globe know this, and they're out competing us on the grade point levels. They are out competing U.S. students because they know the methods. And so if you know the methods, you know the techniques and tips, uh, you can improve your grades. If you don't know them, it's going to be a very difficult thing to do. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's, that's deep. You know, I, I know that you also do hypnotherapy work. How, from that perspective, how do you view the ability of the mind to develop more patterns that will help them with study habits or the, the, to remove the fear of anxiety associated with test taking? Yes. Well, I think we have to, if we take it step by step here, the first thing we have to understand is that uh, the mind can be trained to do just about anything we want it to do if we put in the work and Mm -hmm. have the right methods. So uh, anxiety for test taking is generally due to an underestimate of how the person uh, of the knowledge base the person has and an overestimate of how hard the test will be. And so the typical Mm -hmm. anxiety situation just about anywhere is underestimating resources, overestimating the demands And the way to get around that with test anxiety is to overstudy, to overprepare over a longer period of time, to use special techniques, and uh, in particular, practice tests, repeatedly practice tests over and over again, 
And then what that does is it increases the person's feeling of resources that they've seen the test before, that they've done tests before, that they don't feel overwhelmed by that. So their resources, they feel they have more resources. And at the same time, it decreases the fear of the demand of a test that it would be more difficult than expected. And I think what most people who have test anxiety, I think their biggest problem is that they're not taking enough tests actually to see that these things are not as difficult if, they, if they've done their studying as they could be, and they don't know the techniques that are required to get through a test. Because after all, a test is a puzzle. It is a deliberate attempt to confuse the student, a deliberate attempt to trip up the student who's taken the test. It's all planned out. And therefore, if you know a little bit about how they plan out tests, then you can deconstruct that. You can reverse engineer it so that when you do see a test, uh, you can say to yourself, oh, I know what they're doing here. They're, this is where they take the the stem of something or its basic component and just change one part of it and see if they can trip you up on that. Um, so again, we talk about that in the book here, also breaking down tests into the types. So for example, a multiple choice test is actually just a series of true-false tests. And so once you begin to look at a multiple choice test, is it A, B, C, D, A, and B, B, and C, you know that what you're looking at is just essentially a series of true-false tests, and that's the simplest type of thing to answer, true or false. And you can eliminate, mm-hmm. you know, we teach that eliminate the first couple obvious false ones. You're going to be left with two that are very close, and there's going to be something in the two sentences, let's say in a multiple choice, you've eliminated two obvious false ones, and now you're stuck with two. There's going to be a very slight difference between those two, that's where that extra studying is going to come in to make sure you know the facts. Um, we can't can't we can't do studying for kids. They've got to do their own studying. But what we can teach them is to understand a test is nothing more than a series of puzzles put together. And once they go at it that way, the anxiety decreases. Wow. So you know, this just leads me to ask: since you said that students need enough practice in order to be effective test takers. This is a loaded question. Are study habits actually taught in schools today? And how much do you believe poor study habits are a result of the poor grades and scholastic achievement in today's schools? Well, I can only speak from my own experience and also my experience in trying to get this, uh, my program into schools. And my own personal experience is I don't believe study habits were ever taught, were, were ever taught at any time in schools. And uh, Mm -hmm. I do remember though in the eighth grade a teacher telling me something which is in my book here, which is when you get tired of studying, wash your face and it will refresh you and you can go back at it. And I've been washing my face when I've been studying and getting kind of tired and, and, and loopy ever since the eighth grade. And that's one of the tips in here. But to be quite honest with you, I never recall a time when schools taught kids how to study. Um, I've run into a fair amount of resistance even in doing my student assembly program because from what I can tell, uh, I hate to say it like this, I'm not really sure schools care about what happens to students and their study habits. I know that schools want kids to do well on standardized testing, but I'm not sure they really care about their students in terms of teaching them how to study. Uh, I know the parents care deeply, but I'm not sure the school system is set up in a way that is designed to teach kids how to study. In fact, when you think about it, uh, Dr. Elise, what there should be is a class called study habits, you know, that basically they teach kids how to study. And I know certain colleges have these, but this should begin at a very early age, you know, in elementary school even. And I I don't, I don't think schools are putting any effort into this at all. And uh, it seems to me that, uh, just from my own personal experience in trying to talk to people about student assemblies, it's just like I don't think schools the schools care about that. Schools care about, seems like right now, anti-bullying. Of course, that's important. They care about uh, mm-hmm. uh, acceptance. Of course, that's important of various gender roles, and, and, and they want to reverse any other kind of ethnic discrimination. Obviously, these are critical, but just as important is, teaching kids how to study, and in particular, recognizing 
diversity. So here's the interesting part. The school system, because we have a diverse population, which is a key to our strength uh, mm-hmm. that, you know, other countries in the world don't have. And, and, and because we have an emphasis on that, that's terrific. But what people have forgotten is there's a diversity in learning styles. And this seems to be one of the problems where everybody is, all the kids are being forced into the same learning style. And some of them are being cast aside as hopeless uh, non-learners, which is really ridiculous. And nobody is putting in the kinds of efforts that are required to get different types of kids with different learning abilities, you know, moving forward. And the other thing is I can guarantee you, if you say this to the school system, they'll deny the whole thing and say, oh, that's not true. You don't know what you're talking about. But all you have to do is go Mm -hmm. to parents and ask them, you know, is the school helping your kid do better? And the answer is going to be no. They give up on them. Uh, They they Mm -hmm. basically give them a few tries or tutors, and they just give up on them completely. So what's missing there is, you know, are they a visual learner? Are they an auditory learner? Um, What is it exactly that's hanging them up about it? Uh, where is it that they're really having their problems? Often it's because they passed them up a level and they didn't have the skills from the level before. So in any case, I find it tragic that we're throwing away kids who have every ability to study and learn just because they have to be standardized and they have to be put in lockstep with everybody else. It's it's tragic. Wow. I know for some schools, you know, there's a program called AVID where they do teach students who have been invited into the program, you know, study skills and test prep and things of that nature. But, you know, talking about this from the tutoring industry standpoint, there are tutoring businesses that literally have a business just to focus on study habits and test taking. Yeah. Yeah, that's terrific. That's terrific because – like anything else, look at the effort put in sports. I mean, you know, <clears throat> look at how sports in high school and, and even middle school, I guess, look at the emphasis put on the equipment, the coaches and all that. And that's important. But imagine if there was a study coach, you know, imagine if there was that kind of emphasis put on study skills. Now, what people in the U.S. fail to realize is this is happening in other countries, China, for example. I mean, they have a mm-hmm. national commitment to beat us in science. And they know what to do. You get a coach in there, just like a coach of sports, and the guy coaches or gal coaches the kids how to study, and they know that they have to do it, and they have the proper place to do it. And it's a unified approach, not particularly an independent one or a free one, but that's Mm -hmm. what's required. So in the tutoring business, I mean, that is a fantastic place to put the emphasis, which is on teaching how to study. You know, a lot of tutors I, I, I know are asked to do the homework for the kid. The kid can't keep up. They can't do the, can't learn French. They can't do the math. Will you do it for me? And I, I understand that that's, imp- you know, an important thing to do. Uh, but on the other hand, a tutor who would teach how to study would be incredibly valuable. That would be kind of like, I remember the guy that taught me how to drive my Volkswagen a million years ago and taught me that when you're going uphill, you know, stick shift car and you're stuck at the top and put the accelerator a little bit and you keep it in gear and it prevents you from rolling backwards. And I've never forgotten that. I mean, that's, that's driver's ed. If there was test prep ed where you had somebody teaching these techniques, that would be invaluable. That's a great place for tutors to go. Wow. I really appreciate you sharing your insights about this topic with us. So what do you feel are the benefits of improved study habits and raised test scores? What kind of research has been available on this? Well, uh, you know, I think everybody has to recognize that um, you have to go through certain steps in America to get to where you want to go. And, I mean, I, I don't think it would be, I don't think it's a misstatement to say everybody wants to improve themselves economically and everybody wants a higher level job and everybody would love to get out of the uh, trap of kind of being stuck at a lower paying job. And the secret is education. Education will bring everybody up and out of their, uh, let's say, lower hourly wage, you know, 
problem because that's always sitting there. Anybody who doesn't do um, do well and move up, you know, has always got that thing to worry about, which is get stuck in a lower hourly wage job of every description. So if your study habits go up, regardless if you're a, a student or an adult, the, you can improve your educational um, success will improve, and therefore you will improve your economics. And I think what it gets down to, if you ask me, is Beside the enjoyment of life, which is fun, it, it gets down to economics, and, and those who have econo- a better economic status have better resources and, and can actually open themselves up to yet more education and more fulfillment. So I don't know about research in it. I do know that it's, it's just on a fundamental level, the better, if you have the right techniques, you can get higher grades. And um I think this is what's missing when we're asking students to study and they're staring blankly at their book and they don't know where to start and uh, they don't have the proper place to study and they don't understand that um, studying like playing, let's say, I don't know, track, running track, you need a track to run track. Well, when you study, you need a place to study just like you need a track to run a track meet. You can't just do it any place. You really should have a, a special place because you're training the mind to condition itself that this is the place we learn. Um, And, you know, it's funny, even people know how to train their dogs and their pets almost better than they know how to study or train their kids how to study. The dog knows, wow, when the owner acts like this, it's time for me to act like that. I get my treat. That's exactly the way (laughs) the human mind works. When the, when this, in this table right here, when this light goes on and this pencil comes out, it's time for me to study. And that's part of what I'm teaching in this book, creating a study world uh, so that when you go into the study world, it's a metaphorical world. It's not real, obviously. It's a place. When you go in there, the mind switches to what we call the learning state. And the learning state is the state of which you begin to take in ideas and you're not focused anymore on the outside world. And that's the key part to studying. You've got to get into the inner world where the mind is now not processing outside stuff, but the content from whatever it is you're studying. And that's the beginning of better grades. Uh, That means no TV, not eating, not playing, no distractions. Now, you know, creating a study world um, can be difficult for people because, you know, not everybody has the, the size and the quietude and all the stuff required, but it's got to be done somehow. We've got to carve out this place that it conditions the mind. When I'm here, it's I learn, um, and so that's that's part of it. Um, and once you begin to do that, I mean that's what a library is. If you take a library, that's basically what it is—the ultimate study world, totally quiet, or at least they used to be, totally quiet. That's where you go. Okay, not everybody can go there, so you want to recreate it at home. Then you want to recreate the same kind of environment where you're going to take your tests. Uh, that's why we, we, we tell people take practice tests and try to take it in you know, something where you simulate what it's like when you, go, when you go in to take the real test. Like the ideal thing, now I'm not telling people to do this, but the ideal thing, literally, if you had unlimited money, the ideal thing to do would be to buy a school desk, exactly the same type you take your test in, have a room that's somewhat similar to the room you take the test in, has a clock the same way, looks kind of the same, and you go in there and you practice taking your tests in there. Now, that's a fantasy. But, you know, that's how they train astronauts. That's how they train pilots. They take them in a simulator. So what you need is like a home simulator as close as you can get it, even if it requires just bringing something from school home and having it on your desk, something that tips off the mind that this is the place where we do our learning and taking our tests. And um, that's how you improve grades. And, and those improved grades are going to lead to better educational opportunities, better jobs, more economic uh, uh, access. And, you know, uh, I, I'm going to be honest about this. It's all about economics when you get right down to it. You know, maybe you don't, right. maybe people don't need to be multi-billionaires. But, I mean, there is a level where, you want to reach this level of economics where you can begin to explore the world and, and, and become free in a sense. And that's what we're telling students even, you know, study, learn, go as far as you can because you'll break free of economic bonds where you'll get to a point where you can begin to call your own shots and study and, and, and explore and discover on your own. 
We're not telling you you have to be a multimillionaire. What we're telling you is you want to break free of anything that's keeping you back uh, by by not being able to write your own ticket in a way, your own job position, create your own future. Wow. The way, as I hear and listen what you're saying, um, outside of academia, I do international life coaching work and what it sounds like, and I think what you're meaning is if you train your mind to focus on the things that you would like to have, you know, not having a fear of test-taking, if you can train your mind to do that, then you're able to practically learn whatever you need to to create money by living out your life purpose. Because if you're going to school, obviously you know who you are and why you're here. You have some type of idea of why you're needing to study whatever you're studying. It will ultimately become a part of your life purpose. Is that what you're saying when it turns into economics? Yeah, I think this is this is a very important concept you're bringing up, actually, which is a lot of students don't know why they're studying. This is like this is where it begins, actually. Like, why are we trying to get better grades? So, for example, in my case, I knew I wanted to be a physician, and I knew it took better grades, and therefore I had a motivation. And the reason I wanted to be a physician was not economic. It was I saw my dad love it. He had such a great time. He was always so happy about it. I'm like, I want to be like that, like happy and helping. You know, that looks great. So if a kid Mm -hmm. has what a kid, what what kids need is a motivational factor for why are they in there trying to study exactly. And I think this is one of our biggest problems. We don't, we aren't even addressing that issue with them. Like, why are you Mm -hmm. here to study? And a lot, and I work with, um, Every summer I work with kids who volunteered to go to Camp Pendleton, the Marine Corps base, for 10 days at a program that's called the Devil Pups. And I was one of those kids mm-hmm. a long, long time ago. And these are now these are <laughs> inner city kids. When I, when I did it, there were a lot of athletes, but they're inner city kids. And they're trying to teach them about discipline and, and self-worth and character building and what, it, you know, what is life all about in terms of, like, being the best you can be and having character and integrity. And it's amazing. These, and this is part of what motivated me because I've been doing it for about six years now. Every summer I've talked to at least 3,500 kids, 4,000 kids. That's part of what motivated me, motivated me to write the book because a lot of them are kind of lost until they begin mm-hmm. to see that, well, okay, there is such a thing as character building, focus, and discipline. Now, they're not being asked to be Marines. That's not it. It's just – here's what it's like to have self-worth and dignity and stand up tall and be proud of yourself. Those that's not being taught in school either. And we're not talking about religion here. We're just talking about basic human dignity uh, somehow is not being addressed. So I think when you're talking about if a kid can get on a life path, well, that's unique to be on a life path at an early age. But if they can just be on a part of it, that, you know, the reason they're getting better grades is to have better opportunities for themselves and they understand that, then I think it's a lot easier. But, you know, there are a lot of kids that are kind of spoiled or they're they're just got an attitude that they, I don't know, I don't know what's happened to them. Something's happened to them where they just don't feel as if there's anything worth studying for. And that's a problem. So, um you know, that's the first thing that has to be addressed is that, that there needs to be a fundamental reason to get better grades. And that that's a tough one. That can be a tough one because you know how kids are. They can get an attitude. And, of course, if they're going to a tutor, they're already <laughs> – if they're going to a tutor, they're already one step ahead of the game because already right. they've recognized. They've recognized they need help, and they're already attached to somebody who can then begin to talk to them like this. So I think part of your tutoring programs, what a great opportunity to begin to set a role model for a kid and talk to them like a real human being and not yell at them and not act like mom and dad and, you know, kind of uh, treat them in that special weird way that you have to treat teenagers and, you know, um, and uh, wow, what a great chance it is for a tutor to play a role in somebody's life that's far beyond what any school teacher could do. Uh, who has to talk to 30 kids and is burnt out and they don't really care. So um, this is, that's, a, uh, that's why I said in the very beginning when you introduced yourself, 
um, uh, and this message of kind of having a purpose in life, and that's part of your tutoring philosophy, that's very unique. You rarely hear that. In fact, I don't think I've ever heard that. That uh, Most um, people would be just talking about tutoring, you know, to get better grades kind of thing. But it begins with right. a purpose when you get to it. Right. And I want to support you and just clarify for our viewer or our audience. You know, we are definitely not talking about religion. We're basically talking no. about no. the emotional domain of education, the emotional domain of students. And, you know, that's where right. self-worth and personal mastery right. and personal development, study habits, that's where it all falls in, emotional, the emotional domain. <laughs> right, exactly. I'm not talking about religion here, exactly. I'm just talking about the very core of a person of self-worth and you know mm-hmm. um just imagine i mean you know this as a tutor imagine the burden a kid carries around with them uh of being of, of thinking they're stupid because um uh, they don't do well on a test and everybody calls them stupid um and this is part of what we teach i teach those kids in the summer which is i don't care what people say about you you're more than you're much better than anything anyone's ever said about you and all that matters is how you feel about yourself. Now, obviously, parents matter. But, again, what I'm saying is we're in the domain, as you say, of the kid who has been beaten down mentally because he's having or she's having some trouble getting past certain kinds of tests at school, and then they're labeled as dumb or whatever it is, and then they got to carry that burden around with them. And it's very difficult. And here a tutor could come in and reverse all that and tell them, this has nothing to do with uh, being sm- uh, native intelligence. This is all about methods. In other words, that's what I mm-hmm. teach these kids from a huge variety of backgrounds. It's methods. If you know the method of something, you are golden. If you don't know the method, you're lost. So forget about being smart or dumb or any of that other stuff. Obviously, there's a, there's a continuum. We're not going to worry about that. What we're going to worry about is do you know the method of how to get an A? I mean, do you know what it takes? And uh, even the fundamentals, you know, like there's some very basic fundamentals. How about these? You show up every day to class. Wow. You sit in the front row. Wow. You keep your mouth shut. Wow. You act as if the teacher's only teaching you. Wow. You do your homework every night. Wow. You turn it in on time. Wow. See, those are guaranteed ways your grades will go up because most kids who are having some grade trouble aren't doing those things. Because they've been, they may have had a bad experience, so they're going to sit in the back of the class. They're already got an attitude problem, so because people said they're dumb or whatever, whatever negative thing they've been labeled as. So you know, the poor kids struggling against forces that are beyond their ability to do it on their own. They need a team to help them. That's where the tutor would come in, and you know, just make the kid. You, know, you sit in the front. You go to class every day. You take notes. You act like they're teaching only you. You do all your homework. You turn it in on time. That's a guaranteed way to raise your grade, at least one grade point, you know, one grade immediately. Uh, and well, then the tutoring is on top of that. Yeah. Hold that thought because it's time for a break, and I want to make sure that you have plenty of time to capture this whole idea. Okay. You are listening to the Tutor Outreach Radio Show with Dr. Elise and special guest Dr. Ken. When we come back, Dr. Ken will share with us exactly how he went about developing the 101 study tips and techniques featured in his book, Cracking the Study Code. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back. What is intellectual property? It's something that you will have to protect When it comes to your learning organization, innovation and creativity is definitely valued amongst humanity and should be protected. As a result, tutors need a blueprint to follow so that they will do exactly what needs to be done to protect their work and trade secrets for their learning organization. In the number one source for tutors and tutor business owners, Dr. Holland's Expanding Your Tutoring Business Series, Tutor Consultant, Dr. Holland delivers her field-tested advice so that you can determine what types of intellectual property that will need to be protected, create various types of work agreements for your learning organization, develop a system to maintain records of your intellectual property, 
Build a business plan that will promote data-driven tutoring success. Describe the federal laws that impact your tutoring business. Implement quality assurance meetings. Create an online project management system for your content team. Implementing focus groups and market research. Disseminating your research for your learning organization. Acquire know-how for licensing your intellectual property and dozens of other strategies you will need to protect your intellectual property. Take a strategic approach to protecting your intellectual property so that you can build a household name in the tutoring industry. You can get your copy of Expand Your Tutoring Business Volume 3, The Blueprint for Protecting Your Learning Organization, on Amazon.com or submit your book order at orders at iglobaleducation.com. We're back on the Tutor Outreach Radio Show with Dr. Elise and special guest, Dr. Ken. We are continuing the conversation about test-taking and study habits. If you have any questions, then please call into the show on 646-668-2562. Send us a private message in our chat room. Give us your name and the area code you are calling from and what you want to speak about so that we can make sure that we address any of your questions, but before we continue, I want to make sure everyone knows how to contact our special guest, Dr. Ken. Dr. Ken, could you please give us your contact information and how we can request you for speaking engagements, get a copy of your book, and just any of your other study habits programs? Yeah, that's great. Um, first of all, if you go to a website called Safe. School Events, S-A-F-E, schoolevents.com. That's where I have all my information. SAFE means scholastics, assemblies, fundraisers, and entertainment. And that would be the principal way you could reach me, and you can write me an email through there. Um, I have a um, school assembly program on uh, mind science and how to Improve Learning, which is which is listed on that uh, Safe School Events site. And then the um, um, it's actually got all of our programs on there in terms of, uh, let's see, I'm looking at it right now so I can be very accurate about this. It's got Cracking the Study Code, which you can get from Amazon or Barnes & Noble, um, and you can purchase it there. And then the School Assemblies, I have one, it's called uh, Believe It, and you can achieve it. And it's about how you, the power of the mind can help you help students basically get better grades, have better self-confidence, uh, better self-worth, and actually um, learn how to speak and act in a way that helps their belief in themselves uh, improve their lives. So again, we're not talking about religion, that kind of belief. We're talking about speaking positively, thinking positively, having positive goals. So Cracking the Study Code book is on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble. Um, you have to type in that title, Cracking the Study Code, and then um, you can reach me through safeschoolevents.com. And I, my, okay. That's, that's Thank you so much it. for. Sh- okay. Yep. Thank you so much for sharing that information with us. We have time for about maybe two more questions, and our audience definitely wants to know how did you develop these 101 study tips and techniques featured in your book. Cracking the student code. Yeah, believe it or not, these are uh, all methods that I learned along the many years of education I've had. So, you know, I've, I've, uh, we're talking high school, college, medical school, three years of cancer research after that, uh, master's in public health, master's in science, and I'm working on my final degree. Uh, you know, I have my MD, then I've got the two master's degrees, I'm getting one more master's degree. And so along the way, I've picked up, learned, and read about many, many techniques, uh, and I put down the 101 way, 101 things I used in college uh, to actually improve my grades. And they, they may seem simple. Some of them are simple, but they actually work because I've used them all. Um, I'll give you some mm-hmm. – I'll give you one that sounds incredibly simple uh mm-hmm. but uh, flashcards okay let's just focus on flashcards for a minute i remember um and to this day i've taken i've had to take many advanced exams where i've used this method so you take a flashcard mm-hmm. and a flashcard has two sides obviously and the brilliance of a flashcard is it it 
associates ideas. And so the mind is an association machine. The mind is not a computer. It's not a video recorder. It's not an audio recorder. The problem people have in remembering things is that they, they don't understand the mind remembers by association. So it's not just going to remember a raw fact. It's going to need something to link that fact to, something you already mm-hmm. know. So what you do is on a flashcard, you put you link two things together constantly. So on very complex exams, you would there's always going to be an exam that says a complicated word, let's say in science, of a certain kind of bond. And that bond, whatever it's going to be called, is always going to be uh, linked to another word. So there might be chemical bond, and it would be, I don't know, non-ionic or something. And you just need to put one word on one side of the flashcard, one word on the other. And the, you keep running through those flashcards to build that association between words. Then when you get the exam, it just pops right up in your head because there's an association. So flashcards are good for association. They're great for vocabulary building, which is the secret to all exams in high school, vocabulary building. This is another thing students don't understand and aren't told that, uh, like on the medical college admission test, I got a 99 percentile in the vocabulary in English part, even though I wasn't an English major and I never felt as strong as other the other kids who were English majors because I memorized vocabulary words using a flashcard method. So I went through 2,000 flashcards with words. I, you know, front and back, the front word backs the meaning. I got rid of all the easy ones. I came up with 200 words that were not that easy. I kept doing it over and over again, and, and I got a high score because in a sentence where they're asking you is something like something else, if you don't know what those two things mean, you can't answer it. And that's a very typical type test question. This is to this, is that is to that. You need to know the vocabulary word. So that's where flashcards come in, vocabulary words. And even (laughs) any sentence that needs an answer can be done with a flashcard. So that seems obvious and trivial and trite and old fashioned and stuff. But believe Mm -hmm. me, it is the best way to study is to make your own flashcards. And what goes on them can be complicated. But, uh, and I've used them for all my master's degrees after my MD degree, it was complicated stuff on the flashcard. It still worked because boom, there was the test, bang, there was the root of the question and there was the answer among the four because I remembered it from the flashcard method. So you asked how I developed it. It it came from my own personal experience of using this kind of stuff. Um, Mind mapping is another one very commonly. A lot of people know what a mind map is. Some people don't. It's, um, I used to take notes with it. It's a way of taking nonlinear notes where you put the concept in the middle and draw branches like a spider web that comes out of it. And then you can see everything on one page rather than trying to flip through, flip through, flip through. That's another mm-hmm. uh, very, very sort of like people don't take it seriously, but it works brilliantly. Um, then there's like um, for younger kids, there's physicality. So we tell younger kids when they come to a hard word to stand up and say it out loud. Now, believe it, believe it or not, when a kid stands up physically and says something out loud, it actually fixes it in their memory because it's not just the cognitive part, but it's also the physical part. So um, we try to tell kids, if you come to a, like you're reading and there's a tough word, stand up and say it out loud. And, and actually, if you got younger kids to move and uh, do physical actions while they're learning, they would learn better. Then if they can't, thank you when you come to, yeah, go ahead. Thank you, so, thank you so much for sharing that information with us. They are telling me <laughs> we're running yeah. out of time. <laughs> oh, it was so much fun. It was so much fun. I know. You are full of wisdom. We are so grateful to have you on the show, and we hope to have you on the show in the future. <laughs> Anytime, anytime. And, you know, I want to thank you for giving me, you gave me more time, I think, than you had planned. I really appreciate it. I love your mission. I think you're doing a great job. And uh, anytime you want me back, just let me know. And I want to thank you and your listeners. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Dr. Ken. This is Dr. Elise with Dr. Ken. We're going on a quick break. And when we return, I will share with you some messages from the spirit and intuitive insights from the angels. So stay tuned. 
Wondering what to grab for a quick breakfast? The answer is a quick trip breakfast burrito for $2.99 because burrito is the answer to all life's questions. What's the square root of 791? Breakfast burrito. Truth or dare? Breakfast burrito. Are aliens real? Breakfast burrito. What's the forecast? 100% chance of breakfast burrito. Odd or even? Breakfast burrito. The QT breakfast burrito. Fast and delicious for just $2.99. QT. More than a gas station. Studies have shown that word of mouth is one of the most trusted ways to get the word out. So to tell you about McDonald's $1 any size coffee, soft drinks, and sweet tea, here are three mouths. Psst, McDonald's has small hot coffee, soft drinks, and sweet tea for just a dollar. Hey, have you heard that McDonald's has medium hot coffee, soft drinks, and sweet tea for a dollar? Large hot coffee, soft drinks, and sweet tea are just a dollar? Yeah, I heard about that. In case you haven't heard, any size hot coffee, soft drinks, and sweet tea are just $1 on McDonald's $1, $2, $3 menu. At participating McDonald's for a limited time, cannot be combined with combo meal. Learn the secrets to awaken your own financial genius. Mark Jackson II has written an Amazon International bestseller, Read Me or Stay Broke. This gripping story does the impossible marvelously. This book entertains and educates the reader. The book transforms the reader with an emotional journey filled with dynamic financial discoveries. In an effort to pay his dying mother's medical bills, Josh has burned the candle at both ends for far too long. In a last-ditch effort to stay afloat, he works even harder while his boss is breathing down his neck. Exhausted and desperate, Josh comes to a simple realization. He is broke and out of options. Until one day, a mysterious woman offers him a challenge. Her company offers him the chance to learn the powerful money secrets of the rich secrets that have built fortunes for centuries but were always hidden from the public. But there's a catch. If Josh can complete the challenge, his mother's bills will be paid in full, fail, and she will die in debt. In his darkest moment, Josh agrees to the challenge. You will learn side by side with Josh as he is exposed to the seven mentors, savings, debt, credit, taxes, business, stocks, in real estate investing, the seven keys to wealth building. To save his mother's life, all he needs to do is listen, learn, and apply the secrets from each lesson. Will he be able to learn all the secrets in time? Can he complete the challenge in time to save his mother? This powerful story will keep you on the edge of your seat. You can get your copy on Amazon.com. Do you want to stay connected to Mark Jackson II? You can find him on Facebook under Mark Sweeney Jackson or www.facebook.com forward slash Mark Jackson 2. And read me or stay broke at www.facebook.com forward slash read me or stay broke. Mark 2 is also on Instagram under Mark Jackson 2 and read me or stay broke. Lastly, you can find him on Twitter under at Mark Jackson 2. We're back on the Tutor Outreach Radio Show with Dr. Elise. While we were on break, I intuitively selected a postcard from the Spirit using Colette Baron Reed system. Let me share with you those insights as well as some intuitive insights that I also got. Dearest you, there are times you get lost but refuse to see your part in things. Happens to everyone. Something feels familiar but sort of off. If you're feeling confused, it's best to throw away that map you're using, which only lets you navigate based on your past experiences. That isn't what you need right now. Instead, take a deep breath and open to the truth. A desire to stay in denial means that part of you doesn't want to be responsible for the pattern that's shown up in your life. Yes, this is the right time to wake up and start again. By the way, you will always get another chance. You have unlimited chances to start again. We love you so much. We really do. Be gentle with yourself. Coming out of denial is like being temporarily blinded by super bright lights. Allow your eyes to adjust. Carry on, special one. A beautiful life awaits. Loving you so, so much. Guys, when I saw that message... I was very excited to see that because, you know, many of you are 
going through a lot of changes and the number 96, which deals with forgiveness, has come up. And then the number 87, which deals with synchronicity, have come up. So you may be seeing repeating numbers. You may be seeing phrases, words. Some of you may even be getting little short mini movies, you know, throughout your day or even dreams in, in your sleep about what it is that you are supposed to be doing. And I'm seeing here that for some of you, you're at a stage now to where it does not serve a purpose for you to hold on to past hurts, whether you have caused them or someone else has caused them. You are being called to forgive yourself as well as others so that you can move forward to what it is that you need to do. Now, a second message came in, and I will share it with you. Dear you, now is one of those times you've been asked to add some distance. Take a step back and do nothing but observe. Don't worry about how long it would take to regroup. Just know it's temporary and actually an opportunity to take a breath, slow down, and look at how far you have come. Decisions for the highest good are made when you have clarity, which comes from being open to information from both the intellect and the intuition. When you step into the role of observer, it's as if you turn on a switch that allows your soul to be an essential part of the information gathering and decision-making process. In this way, you can approach things from a more neutral and non-judgmental place. We know you will make the right choice. Trust us when we say, now is not the time to get too close to the fray. Step back now. You will be glad that you did. Love you. So, again, guys, this is just a clarifying message that follows up with the first message from the Spirit that it is your divine birthright to really and truly explore who you are and why you're here so that you can get on the path in which you are meant to follow. Two additional intuitive insights that came in was that, you know, you are at a place where it's time for you to own your divine power, replace codependent people-pleasing with assertiveness and empowerment, and then you're also being called to believe in yourself by believing in God working through you. Your self-confidence through God confidence is what they're showing me here. And the only way that you can do that, guys, is that you need to forgive yourself and forgive others and know that God's mercy and grace is sufficient for you as well. If you would like to work with me, Dr. Holland, you can go to my Tutoring Masterminds website, www.tutoringmastermind.com. Or find us on Facebook at the Tutor Outreach Group. I hope to see you at one of our upcoming 2019 tutoring conferences. If you have any tutoring questions, then join us in one of our Facebook groups. And you can find that information at our Facebook page, the Tutor Outreach Group. We love having active group members. I want to thank you all for tuning in to the Tutor Outreach Radio Show. I had a wonderful time with our special guest. Dr. Ken, if you know of anyone who is interested in cracking the code, increasing their test scores and grades, then share out this video, guys. Share it out. Family, friends, colleagues, coworkers, please join me every fourth Tuesday of the month at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Next month on the Tudor Outreach Radio Show, I will be presenting to you the 2018 State of the Tutoring Industry, Upcoming Trends and Insights, so you do not want to miss this episode. Leave us some comments and stay tuned. We do post our radio show on YouTube. You can find us in iTunes as well and many other online digital radio platforms. Have a great week. And I'll see you back here next time. Remember, 
You are loved, you are valued, and you are competent. You've been listening to the Tutor Outreach Radio Show, hosted by Dr. Alicia Alice Holland. This hit show comes to you live every second and fourth Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on Blog Talk Radio. Each show is empowering you to move forward with your tutoring goals to manifest your dreams of building a successful tutoring practice. If you've missed any part of this show or want to find out more about Dr. Holland, visit thetutoroutreach.com. That's thetutoroutreach.com.